Okay, let's imagine a scenario whereby you need 50k. You need it like moderately or gently. Like urgently, moderately. No, no, that doesn't make sense. Like urgently, but the urgency is moderate. And your only option was me lending you the money. So I put forth my condition. I'll lend you 50k if you pay back 70k. Your reaction I expect to be, uh uh, bros, you be thief. Go we'll chop your money, holy. But if I was like, guy, you pay me 55k, you know, I'd be like, ah, guy, you color, but anyways, sure, give me the money, I'll pay you back. That is the same reaction business owners have towards bank loans with high interest rates. This is Street Money and I am Tumi. Last episode, I talked about how demand and supply, how they affect inflation in the market. Today, I'll be talking about monetary policies. What the monetary policies? Who sets those policies? How does it affect my life? How does it affect yours? And how does it even contribute to inflation? So what are monetary policies? In the first CBN episode I made, I talked about how you can bankrupt your bank, let's say, if everyone decides to withdraw their money at once, because we know they don't have the money. If your good is withdraw at once, you're going to bankrupt them. But that might not be as easy as you think because of, yeah, you guess right, central bank. One of the definition or function of central bank is to be banker's bank. And what does that mean? It means they are the bank of the commercial banks. So when you plot against, let's say GTB for example, all the customers goes to withdraw at once. They don't have the money of course, so they will run to CB and be like, big bro, it's like you don't know what's going on, they have wreck. So central bank is going to, okay, I'll borrow you the money you need, but at an interest rate, and that interest rate is very important. That interest rate is very important in a country's economic growth. It's a major tool CBN uses to control the economy of a country in the short run. The relationship between commercial banks and CBN is not like a fling type of thing. You can say it's a committed relationship. Or they can even be in a marriage self, as long as commercial banks don't cheat, in which CBN is going to divorce them and they'll be out of business. Banks do borrow money from CBN every time. So the interest rate CBN lends commercial banks money affect every single businesses. Eh, eh, every single businesses. <laughs> ah, <clears throat> affect every single business. If GCB borrows money from CBN at 5%, certainly they are going to lend it to their customer at a higher percentage. If CBN notices that the economy is slowing down, businesses are stagnant, or they are not growing, they are not expanding. In short, what will they do? They will reduce the interest rates. And when they do that, people will be encouraged to borrow because the money they are going to pay back will be low. Similar to the scenario I made at the beginning of this episode about you needing 50k and asking me. But if CBN notices that everybody's already doing falafel everywhere, you're spending too much money, you're big boying up and down, and at that rate, it can cause damaging inflation, what will they do? They will, they will increase the interest rates. 
by which businesses will find it harder to, to borrow money from banks because they will have to pay a higher percentage so they will be like mm, it's not worth it we'll stick to what we have now So if commercial banks borrows money from CBN every time, where does CBN get his money? CBN is government ordinated. That means they have some advantage. Like running a government committee's own perks like having your own printing machine. Though nowadays they don't even need a printing machine to create money. They just type the money into the computer and hmm, yeah, here we go. We have the money in the economy. Though the money is not just like, yeah, we write we just create money like that every single time. It doesn't work like that. Uh, the money goes through a lot of process before it's created issued as bonds to commercial banks then people have to buy it and a lot of things and when they actually don't even have people to buy it there's something called monetization of debt whereby they can still get the money though it is debt so here's a clip i want you to listen to council today approved the issuance of a sovereign guarantee of Euro 500 million to Credit Suisse AG London branch and a syndicate of international lenders as a collateral for Euro 500 million <coughs> loan facility to the Bank of uh, Industry. Uh, the loan is basically to finance major industrialization projects and micro, small, and medium enterprises value chains in Nigeria for up to five years uh, tenure. So if we can print our money, why are we still borrowing money up and down? Hmm? What's the essence? Well, there's a story I want to tell you. Once upon a time in a South African country called Zimbabwe, there lived a very famous leader called Mugabe. And he had the same idea like, I just print my own money. Hmm? Because the government needs a lot of money to run. Like to build roads, to pay workers, to pay themselves, security projects propagandas everything needs money for a country that is growing rapidly for any country that grows rapidly the internet generated revenue or taxes can never be enough like never be enough for example united states gdp is 21 trillion dollars and they have a debt of 23 trillion dollars that's 107 percent debt to gdp japan's gdp is 5.5 trillion dollars they have a debt of 9 trillion dollars that's almost 200% debt to GDP. So if this company, uh, companies, Janai, if these countries pay up their debt, we don't even have to imagine that they can never pay up their debts. They will just be servicing it every quarter, every financial quarter, every economic quarter, quarter, like every four, four months. Is it four months or three months? No, it's four months. No, it's three months. We have four quarters in a year. They will pay it to you, to God knows when. So Nigeria's GDP is about $450 billion and our debt is about $70 billion. That's just 15% debt to GDP. So back to the Zimbabwean story that government can never have enough money. In November 2008, the monthly inflation rate of Zimbabwe was at, yeah, yeah, let me take a minute. Whew. 79.6 billion percent that's monthly inflation rate it took 24 hours for prices to double like if you buy bread for 50 naira today tomorrow it's 100 naira next tomorrow is 200 naira it's 400 naira 
exactly that's <laughs> it's crazy for prices to double it doesn't even make sense anymore there was a paper written by a professor of applied economics from john hopkins university the title was the new the new hyperinflation index put zimbabwe inflation at 89.7 sixtillion percent six okay let's just skip that it did not make sense anymore they started printing 100 billion dollar notes Zimbabwe dollar of course <laughs> hundred trillion dollar notes it's just a piece of paper with a couple of zeros it makes no sense anymore so I guess Mugabe made some classes in high school some economic classes to know that increase in money supply increases inflation it increases the price because you have more money chasing the same amount of goods if you are going to have increase in money supply in a country then you are going to have increase in productivity there has to be more there have to be more people holding the money and producing more things not by necessarily having more money in the economy but by having more money due to increased production so if they borrow money to pay salary there's going to be inflation if you print money to do minor things there's going to be inflation if you borrow money or print money for stupid things inflation is going to happen but if you buy it for capital projects that increases the productivity of the state there's not going to be inflation so mugabe's so when mugabe's printing machine was high on weed it was smoking paper like rolling paper like nothing else the value of money kept decreasing and as the money of value of money kept decreasing it needs more money to buy the same thing and as it prints more money the value keeps decreasing and we need to print more and when he prints more things he wants to buy are more expensive so he has to print more for the next time and when he does that when he prints more the value decreases and he needs more and he prints and he prints and he prints and he forms feed back loop and he starts going it's a vicious cycle that we never had it got to a point whereby if you have 100 million dollar Zimbabwe notes, you'll be lucky to buy the head of a chicken. Things got so expensive. It got to a point whereby they could not even catch up anymore with the inflation rates. That their, their currency had to shut down. That was the end of Solomon Gandhi. The currency was unusable anymore. So they started using currency of other countries. They started using United States dollar, South African rand. Chinese yuan and etc. Zimbabwe is in the first country to experience this hyperinflation due to increase the money supply. Yugoslavia in 1994 so had the same thing. China in 1949 had the same thing. Germany in 1923 had the same thing. Brazil also once experienced the same thing and currently now Venezuela is experiencing the same thing. But there is a good news about Zimbabwe. In June 2019, Zimbabwe dollar was reintroduced but the bad news is that Zimbabweans, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, how do you call people from Zimbabwe? Zimbabweans, Zimbabweans, Zimbabwean, oh god. The people living in Zimbabwe, they don't believe in their, they don't believe in their currency. And that's another factor that leads to inflation. That's the fourth cause of inflation, trust and confidence in the government. And because of this, just last year that they've reintroduced their dollar, their inflation rate is, is already in 300% again not because they are printing too much money but because people don't believe in it so when they don't believe in it the price at which they will sell it to be miserable so that would devalue their currency if government can make them believe in the currency again inflation rates will reduce certainly
At the same time, we have con- we have countries like Japan that begging the ancestors to for inflation to increase about two percent because currently it's below one percent. And why is this? Because if there's no inflation, at, we need little inflation in the in the economy. At least about two percent, three percent, four percent. Because without that kind of inflation, wages are not going to increase. So you'll be collecting the same five thousand naira your dad collected in nineteen ninety something as salary. Though things will not get more expensive, but there will not be increase in wages because deflation is also bad. Inflation can be like the bad guy because of all the instability that comes with it. Deflation also isn't a good cousin of inflation. They are both necessary evils. We have to put a balance and they are naturally done by forces of demand and supply. But because you have CBN, they keep putting hands inside the matter in order to, when the economy is slowing down, they reduce, they reduce what they call it, interest rate so that the economy will boom. When it's booming too much, they increase it so that the economy will reduce, blah, blah, blah. Homeostasis. So thanks for listening. See you next episode. So there is a, like almost yes, almost homeost. Okay, homeostasis. Yeah, homeostasis.